Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. This morning, I want to kick back in on our theme, which is connection. And I want to talk around this biblical truth that we as human beings, the introverts are going to hate this message, but we as human beings, as people that are full of faith, as brothers and sisters in Christ, it's better when we do life together. We're designed to actually live life in connection. So if you want a title for this morning's message, it's that, Better Together. Because the deal is this, when we come in to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, spiritually what happens is we go from doing it alone in life and being the individual and being the singular to being drawn into a spiritual family. We, be, we become part of the body. We're adopted into God's family. We become a part of the body of Christ. Accepting Christ means that it's no longer just about us going alone, but it's about journeying together. There's a mandate and a call for us to be now called part of the body, the body of Christ, the church as we know it. And when we carry Jesus on the inside of us, we carry the work of the cross on the inside of us, and we receive by grace eternal life. We're so grateful for it. There's a mandate on our lives to see others come to know Christ, that others would receive the same gift we've been given, that we would be a living testimony of the goodness of God. Amen. We know that when people encounter Christ, and I want you to hear me this morning, when people encounter Christ, not a run sheet, not a routine, not obligation, but when people encounter Christ, they're transformed. They're changed. There's no looking back. Amen. And just as he spoke 2,000 years ago to his disciples, I believe he still speaks to us today this. Matthew 28, 18. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. You and I have been given a calling or a mission. We've been given a purpose, right? Receiving Christ is great. What Christ wants more than anything else is that you would come to know him and enter into relationship. But there is actually a call and a purpose in this thing called Christianity. And it's like, I want you to take what I've now given you and I want you to go forth and I want you to make disciples i want you to bear witness take what you have received and i want you to share it with someone else and so we as a church come into that picture by praying and believing by faith that as we reach out that the testimony of our lives as we live that out that others would find salvation the tricky thing is it's it's a commission given by one god but it's given to the many to people, not just one person. It's given to all of us. You know, Jesus at the end of his ministry didn't say to his 12, guys, thank you very much. What a wild ride it is. Go as you were, back into life. Do what you like. But Peter, you just come here for a second, mate. I just want to give you a rundown on something I'd like you to do for me. Can you please go and make this? No, he says to all 12, in the context of connection and the many, guys, I have now got all authority I give that same authority to you that you would carry it on your life. But there's something I want you to do with your life. I want you to go out and I want you to be an influence. And I want you to testify of all that you've seen these last three years of what I've done. Go and make disciples. Because the thing is, before time began, God has always dwelt in connection. 
God is not a God that's just dwelt on his own. Scripture tells us that he has always dwelt in communion with the Son and the Spirit. By his very nature, he is a relational God. John 1, 1 to 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, which we know is Christ. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. God is a relational God that exists in unity with the Son and the Holy Spirit. And his nature and his character therefore moves in the context of relationship. He moves in the context of connection. God with us, moving through us to touch others as we meet with people and connect with people in the context of relationship. The church itself is birthed in this atmosphere of relationship and connection, right? If we go to the book of Acts in the New Testament, right? And I tell you, give you a recap on the Pentecost story. What was that about? Well, we know that the believers were waiting. Christ has ascended into heaven. He said, before you go out on mission, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because I'm sending my spirit. So they're waiting up in an upper room and they're praying and they're believing. And all of a sudden, heaven's open, fire comes down. They're baptized in the spirit. And what happens is Peter, under that baptism and anointing of the Holy Spirit, is emboldened and strengthened. And he stands up and he testifies and gives witness of what's going on. That this Jesus you just killed on the cross actually is the Son of God. You killed him, but guess what? He's raised back to life. And what happens? Thousands of people hearing Peter speak are convicted, cut to the heart. Eyes are open to what's actually happened. They repent, baptize, and come to know Christ, which is crazy. So I want to read you that scripture, Acts 20, 40 to 42. It says this, And with many other words, he, Peter, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. Now, all who believed were together, everybody say together, together, and had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. This is such a beautiful picture that in the context of connection and the context of relationship, doing life together, people are being saved and the Great Commission is actually being fulfilled, which I think is such a beautiful thing. Over a meal, over prayer, over meeting need, over worshiping together, God is adding to them daily. God is actually starting to fulfill the Great Commission He's placed on us to achieve. He says, I've given you a mission, but here's the thing. It's not all on your shoulders. Yes, I've called you to testify, but if you would simply go and be purposeful about connection in your world, opening your home, sharing a meal, journeying with someone through their valleys, championing someone on the mountaintop, I'll take care of the rest. I'll actually start fulfilling the commission I've asked you to do. But you've got a part to play. Amen. And this is the church walking together in common purpose with one message, Jesus. And I just want to ease the burden because so often people hear this in church. You've got a mission. You've got a responsibility. You've got to take this out there. You've got to be a witness. Go out there and be a witness. But 
a lot of people hear that and they go, well, I'm starting to freak out. My anxiety levels are getting hit. I'm starting to sweat a bit more than I already am because I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. There's no ways I could just start talking to someone in a supermarket about Jesus. I get nervous talking to myself in the mirror, never mind having to go out there and actually now start sharing the word. But I want to ease that for you this morning because God has already given you everything you need. And if you would live your life like you've actually been saved, guess what you're doing? You're testifying of the goodness of Jesus Christ. How many times in my life have I simply chosen to live his way and not my way and I haven't said anything and someone said, what is the deal with you? What is the deal with your life? The ship is going down in flames and you're still singing. You are weird, man. Oh, well, guess what? So many conversations have opened up in my life, not because I've tried to shove theology down someone's throat. I've lived a life that says I've been saved by grace. And it opens up so many doors of conversation. And guess what happens when people start asking questions? They're so much more likely to engage in a conversation with you about, well, what's so different about your life? My life is bearing witness. Amen. So let me ease that. One, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 6, right? It says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. As I said, God has given us everything we need. What are the two things that you really need to play your part in this great commission Jesus has given us? There's two things I want to propose this morning. The first is the Word of God, kind of the Spirit of God. I'll say the two together, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and connection with others. The Word of God in connection with others. The Word of God in connection with others. Let me start with the Word. We need to, as believers in Christ... Take the word of God, which he says is a living word, an active word, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we need to make a point of standing on that word every day, thinking on that word every day, meditating on that word, studying that word. Why? Because God equips us through his word. God equips us. It says here that I, I stand on the scriptures that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There is a power that rests in the scriptures of God that if we would read it and make it a daily discipline and habit in our lives, we will find that God by His Spirit equips us in our lives to be a witness and a testimony as we live, as we go out in community, as we go out into our workplaces. But we've got to get that living word on the inside of us, right? We must be equipped through the word. It's a living word that does what? It transforms us. It stabilizes us. It anchors us. It strengthens us as we're going through things. And as we feed on the word, what are we doing? We are strengthening our spirit. We're feeding our spirit. You know, the great apostle Paul in the book of Romans, he begins to paint this picture for us. There's two things waging war in your life. There's the spirit of God and there's the flesh, your body, the sinful way, the old way that, that, that we got to crucify daily put it under our feet right he says but when you make a decision in your life daily to stand on the word of the god word of god what are you doing you're feeding the spirit and you're starving the flesh you're feeding the spirit and you're crucifying the flesh the sinful nature that constantly wants to rise up and cause all sorts of trouble in your world so if you feed the spirit of god in your life here's the thing jesus says the great commission depends on the spirit of god at work in your life so if I need the Spirit of God at work in my life, I need to make sure the Spirit of God's fed up. Fed up. 
worded up. I'm feeding the Spirit of God daily in my life because then He's powered up to bear witness, right? The Spirit brings conviction to cause repentance leading to salvation. So I want you to stay with me on the salt very quickly. Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power when, when you receive the Spirit of God. When you receive the Spirit of God, what happens? Your life begins to be a witness to others. Amen. You will be a witness. It's through the power you receive as the Holy Spirit rests upon you, which brings witness through you that others see Jesus, that your life bears witness to those around you. So again, let me ease the burden for those of you that maybe aren't evangelists. That think, oh, you know, when I was growing up and I first got saved, I just want to confess. I feel like I need to confess. I feel like I'm in a safe space. So here it is. I remember growing up, uh, finding Christ at about 15, and that was probably 1995. Back then, we'd have like beach mission and things like that, where we would just have to go onto the beach and just try to find people and walk up to them. And, and I was dying a thousand deaths. Like if you, my nightmare of a job is either being a cold caller or someone that knocks on doors. I would, I'd just say, take me out now because I cannot do that. I just, it freaked me out. So when people would start to talk to me about, Justin, who have you witnessed to? I start sweating. You look a bit grey, Justin. It's like, please don't ask me to just go and talk to someone up in, the, in a line at a supermarket. I can't do that. But I want to take the pressure of any of you that maybe feel the same. It says when you receive the Spirit of God into your life, it says you receive a power. That simply means as you live in connection and relationship with Jesus, you made His Word a priority in your life. What begins to happen is the Spirit begins to testify through your life to others. And as you start to connect with others, here's the point of connection. The Spirit is touching someone else's life through your life. It's bearing witness of the goodness of God, of His grace, of His mercy, of His strength, of His joy. That's the whole design. That's the whole plan. Do we get it this morning, church? That's what it's about. So relax this morning. It's okay, but... I just want to give you some key principles to help you understand why is it that we promote connection in the life of Why is it so important? You see, Peter standing up and speaking in power on the day of Pentecost was not simply because he thought, you know, well, somebody better say something because this is really awkward. No one understands what's going on with the disciples right now. They're under the power of the Spirit. But the Bible, when you do character studies on Peter, you find that he's actually quite a timid disciple. He wasn't the first one to step up and speak. He wasn't as courageous as people thought he was. But here, emboldened by the Spirit of God that rests on up, he stood up and he began to speak. He began to testify. Your life empowered by the Spirit will testify. Will testify. And here's the thing. People might discredit you on your words, but it's very difficult to discredit someone by the life they live because your life bears a witness. So if I'm continually in relationship and connection with someone and they're receiving a witness of the Holy Spirit, it's very hard to discredit that because that's my life. That's who I am. That's how I live. And I turn up every day the same. And that's my character. And people begin to know me and trust me and enter relationship with me. What are they beginning to see and trust and understand? Something's at work on the inside of my life that's different. And I found over the years, it's so much easier to begin to share Christ from that place. Because people are seeing firsthand an example of that in the life that I live. 
Not necessarily just making Joe blow out in the dark and the cold and ramming the Bible down. And, they, and you know what people are like? They get walls up, they get defensive, they get angry. Yes, people do encounter Christ like that 100%. There's divine connection and opportunity. But I'm telling you, the beautiful thing about family, God's family, is that we are reaching others through the Spirit of God, bearing witness in our lives, touching others. Amen. So Acts 2.36 says this, following on from Peter's sermon, when the people and crowds had heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter, the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God reaching out and touching his people as they responded in repentance through conviction brought by the Holy Spirit in a context of relationship and connection. So here it is. I want you to hear me this morning. If you take nothing else out from this, take this. It is your responsibility not to try and change people. Ready for it? Your mission is not to try and convict the world. Your calling is simply this, to love people in the context of relationship and connection and through loving and accepting others, you allow the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to bring the conviction people need in order to respond to Christ. Did you hear that this morning? Your responsibility, mine, is not to try and convict people, not to try and change people, change the world. Our response is to step up to the call of Christ, which is what? To love people as Christ loved, to draw people in as Christ drawn them in, and then allow what? The Holy Spirit at work on the inside of us to bring the conviction, to bring the change to draw people, to begin to speak into people's hearts. You know, you see on TV, remember that back in the day, some crazy churches and you'd get to rallies and they've all got the placards out there and they're up and down and carrying on. And I always used to say to myself, how do we get people to Christ when that's all they know from the church? God hates you, you're going to burn. And honestly, that's what, it, you know, probably still today, but I used to see a lot of that one time. And I used to go, what is that? What kind of a witness is that for people who don't know Christ? Is that who Christ is? No, it's not. Our job is not to try and change people, love them, accept them, walk with them. Be true to who God is on the inside of you. And I promise you this, the Holy Spirit begins to bring the conviction people need to change. Amen. John 16, 7 and 9 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. You see, and we have too many Christians trying to do what only the Holy Spirit can do, which is convicting the world of their sins. And we wonder why the world labels the church. Oh, you remember that? What churches are so judgy and churches are so condemning, and that's not God, that's people. That's not God, that's people. We need to step up as a people and begin to do what God, God has asked us to do and leave the rest to Him. Amen. Step up and do what God has called us to do. Right? The second thing we need is this we need connection with others. And why is connection so important? Because relationship is the conduit through which God moves and God flows. Why do I say that? Because God's a relational God. That's how he tends to operate. Relationship and connection with others is the way that God kind of weaves and winds through people to touch people. 
you've been in church for any, any amount of time, you can see that so often, or in relationship with someone, that's how God tends to reach people and connect with people and touch people. People connected to others, connecting to others, connected to others. If we step back and we look at that, what is that? Well, the big picture is that represents the body of Christ. People all connecting with one another, allowing God to use us to touch each other. Romans 12, 3 to 5 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We as believers collectively are called to represent the body of Christ in the world today. Amen. We're called to what? Transformation to demonstrate what it is that Christ has done for us through the lives that we live, to use our voice to speak truth, to understand that we're the head, we're not the tail, that we actually have the answer and His name is Jesus. And as a church, we've got to stand on that. We've got to be bold on that. We've got to represent that because that's truth. That's the gospel story. Amen. Relationship is the platform through which Jesus often enters the world, right? I'll give you an example. Say, I'm reaching out to Aaron and we start walking in relationship together. And I know Aaron might have needs in his world and he's going through deals and, and I love Jesus and I'm standing on the word. So what do I do? How do I bear witness to Aaron of the goodness of God in my life? I start fostering and building connection and relationship. And so we do life together and we just journey. And I show up in his life purposefully to keep walking things out to build trust, to build relationship, to share time together around common interests. But what is happening is as I'm building relationship with Aaron, it's providing a platform for which the Spirit of God begins to touch his life. And I'm not necessarily preaching to him. I don't have to be the weird super spur Christian that everyone meets. And the minute I meet him, I'm prophesying over him and I'm hitting him with a Bible and I'm casting things out of him. And he's thinking, yeah, probably not going to catch up again, mate. Let's just be honest. But I'm doing life with him. And I'm being true to who God is on the inside of me. And I'm loving on him. And I'm, what is there a need in his world that I can simply meet? Maybe it's just sitting with him and having coffee because he's really going through something. Maybe it's I can reach out and provide something to him and his family. Because I, and God shows you that as you stand on the word and you feed the spirit in your life. The spirit begins to show you need in someone else's. The spirit of God by default is always outward looking and outward working from your life. How can you contribute to another? How can you witness to another? Because what does God say? My heart is that none are lost, but all are saved. And if it's just the one, I'd go after the one. So that's what begins to happen. And so we're building relationship and connection. And the next minute, the Spirit of God is beginning to testify through my life. And Aaron's like, man, thank you for being so stable in my world. What is that? Or just thank you for offering me a prayer. Or thank you for just being the hands and feet and doing something practical. Spirit of God has access now into his life to begin to touch him, change him, meet needs. And the beautiful thing is as people encounter that, as I said this morning, when you meet Jesus, lives change. Your life changes. But he's now being given a witness of that. He can testify of God's, of God's goodness through my life. Then what happens in his life, he begins to build a platform in someone else's that they, he knows they need need. And begins to journey with someone, building connection, building relationship. Amen? You get me this morning, church. We don't always have to be 
as I said, weird Christians, but we can be purposeful in building relationship and intentional with connection. Why? So that we constantly provide conduits to which the Spirit of God moves constantly in our lives. Meeting need, touching people, amen. Our peace is connected. At some point, as I said, the Spirit of God begins to touch Aaron's life, empowers him to connect with others. And all of a sudden now, what we have is pieces of the puzzle connecting to form a whole. And I want to read you the scripture in Ephesians 4.14. It says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine but by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love that's crazy but that's the truth as we begin to build connections with people begin to allow our lives to bear witness of what God is doing on the inside of us it says it strengthens the body and it edifies the body God's given the glory the greatest danger of individualism is not that it just focuses on the me myself and I Right, You've only got to take a minute to look out there right now at social media and all the apps and all the things and it's about me and my success and my journey and what I can do and I'm the champion, I'm the hero and if you want this, there's a 10-step process, pay this and you can follow me and have it all, but you can go. The danger is not just that it's about individualism, but it's that it isolates people. It isolates people. There's such a pandemic at the moment of young people, I said, in the workplace all the time that are depressed, that are suicidal, that are lonely. They've got no one out there to connect to. It's just them and their mobile phones getting fed all the wrong information, getting told how life should look, but it's not the way it is. And so we're getting depressed over something that's not even real. But, you know, people that can't even have a conversation anymore face to face are losing social skills because we are isolating ourselves. The thing is, the problem with that is this, church, that when you're on your own, you become vulnerable. You're vulnerable. You're left to your own thoughts, your own ideals, your own abilities. You're open to attack. And the thing with life is this, I'm sorry to say, that there will always be seasons where you feel like you're under attack. That's life. That's the challenges we all face as families and individuals in careers, in business, whatever it is, that there are seasons where the pressure seems on from any side. And if we're on our own and we have no support structure, no connection, we're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Amen. God didn't just pull the idea out of nowhere for the body because he was born. I thought, well, that might just be a nice thing. There's divine purpose that backs the family of God. There's divine purpose in God saying, it's better that you walk out this faith together. There's actually a purpose in connection beyond just being a family. It's so that we can stand together and overcome and be strength when maybe someone else can't be. Amen. There is strength in numbers. The enemy's strategy is to continue to divide out of unity, create disunity, because on your own, again, it's easier for him to single you out and attack you. And so many times journeying with people that for whatever reason have fallen out of church life, and have just gone at their own, and you, you try to catch up with them over time, just they tend to disconnect and disappear and break down and struggle with this and end up here and doing it alone, just getting attacked and attacked and attacked out of that protection and care of the body. And I won't dwell on this, but I keep coming back to this metaphor when we come and talk about connection, but that's just because of the African blood running through my body. 
But it's the lion and the buffalo story that you've heard me say many times again. For some of you that won't, here we go. Strap in. But it's the same thing. A lion's strategy is to what? Isolate out and divide the weak, the sick, the young, buffalo. That's their strategy. And they'll often cause confusion and disunity in the herd to isolate the one so they can attack it. But buffaloes have become instinctive to this and understand at some point when the heat is on, we can't just run away. We can't disperse. We've actually got to come together. So what do they do? The buffaloes join together. They stand up. And if you've ever seen them, like, there's a lion. Oh, hang on. There's a whole wall of buffaloes that stand shoulder to shoulder. The young and the, and the calves and that usually are inside this, this sort of circle. And they form a circle around the vulnerable. And they stand their ground. And a lion has no chance taking on the herd. We're talking over a ton of buffalo, per buffalo, big horns. They can't do it. Unless they can isolate and cut away one on its own, they ain't, they ain't eating that day, right? That is the same tactic the Bible says the enemy roars around, roams around sorry, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What is his strategy? To get you on your own to cut you away from the family, to cut you out of the body, to get you away from where that Spirit of God is moving. That is why we need to be connected in as a body doing life together with, with believers. That's how we keep moving through this journey of faith and not falling out. That's how we win this race together, seeking the prize at the end for which God has called us. Amen. The lion and the buffalo. The enemy understands the power of unity and common purpose. There was through common purpose of voice, the walls of Jericho fell down. It was through a group of believers praying in unity that chains fell off Paul and Silas in prison. There is power in unity when we as a church come together and we pray and we believe and we stand with one another. And if I break that down into the connect group model, if we as a connect group can stand with you and do life with you, I'm telling you, there's a chance you're going to make it. There's a good chance you're going to overcome. There's a good chance you're going to succeed. Because maybe where you're weak, someone's strong. Maybe where you don't have an answer, someone can bring wisdom into your life. Maybe where you're just down and you're locked, someone has the platform to bring provision into your world and say, you know what, don't give up. Stand up and keep going. I will walk with you because I know what's on the inside of you. We're going to get you over that mountain. Amen. But we can't do that on our own. And that is the beauty of connection. And I believe when Jesus said to his disciples, go forth and make disciples of all the nations. I believe he saw all that before him. The beauty and the power and the purpose in connecting and staying connected in relationship with each one of us. So I want to challenge you this year. Get a bit crazy and get outside of yourself and be intentional about connection. Here's the thing. Great friendships. Who can testify to this? Great friendships do not happen by themselves. We have to be intentional about what? Investing into connection. Invest. And sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, I don't want to. I don't want to. Some days I don't like people very much. I'd rather be on my own. But I go, you know what? There is power and purpose in connection in coming alongside one another, standing with one another, praying on the word with one another, championing one another. It's a beautiful thing. And often I will come away from experiences like that, being intentional, and God blesses my life. Bless, opens doors that otherwise wouldn't have opened. So can I ask this year, just get a little bit crazy about stepping out of yourself to connect. There's always going to be opportunity, but I want you to take it 
and run with it in 2024. Hebrews 10, 23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need the encouragement we need the faith at times of others alongside us. We need people. I need people to stir me up and champion me on when I want to throw in the towel and it's too hard and I want to give up. But that is where connection comes into play, church. To come alongside and to speak life and to speak faith into others where it's failing. Because we're all going to face challenges. We're all going to face struggles. But if we stay connected as a body, do life with one another, we're going to survive. We push the enemy out. It's much harder for the enemy to take on a church that stands in unity, that stands together in common purpose, that stands on the word. Amen. If you consider for a minute the piece of the puzzle in isolation from the rest of the pieces, who loves puzzles? Who's got the attention span of a goldfish like me? I start 10 minutes in. I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't find the pieces. Well, you know, you get a thousand piece. You get those, those experts that do like 10,000 piece puzzles. You know, and it all looks the same to me after a while. But if you just take one piece of that puzzle, it's not really good on its own. What is its purpose? It's not designed just to sit there on its own. It doesn't look like much. doesn't have much meaning. It doesn't have much information. It's just this piece on its own. Its purpose is found in connection as it comes together with other pieces. And the picture can only be appreciated in all its beauty when every piece is connected to the next. So it is with the body of Christ. The beauty that is the body of Christ comes when we are together connected in unity. That is where mission truly flows. That is where the love and power of God truly flows. Amen. I want to get the worship team up. If we can, boys, that would be wonderful. It's kind of like Paul uses this reference of the body of Christ like the body. Your body has many parts, many members that all have their own unique part to play. But the body as a whole needs every one of those members to do its job. And if I all of a sudden, the hand said, you know what, I just don't like the eyes. The nose always gets a better deal than I do. Those ears look good. I'm just a hand. And it cuts itself off from the body and says, you know what, the time's come that I'm going to go it alone. What's going to happen to that hand? It's going to eventually die. Because why? We've cut it off from its blood supply. We've cut it off from nutrient. We've cut it off from oxygen. And so often the lie of the enemy in today's church is that people go, maybe I've been hurt. Maybe I've been offended. Maybe something said something and I don't like it. So you know what? Just to spite you or to get up you, I'm out. I'm, I'm cutting off. I'm getting out. Church is not for me. I'm going to go my own way do my own thing but can I tell you that's the biggest lie of the enemy it's like cutting off a part of your body and isolating it from the rest what begins to happen now you're isolated and now you're vulnerable you think you've done the right thing but now the enemy's gone perfect right where I want you and he begins to play on your mind and he begins to trouble your soul and he begins to speak into your spirit but now you don't have the connection and support of those you had around you to help get you through those times. Church, don't walk away from connection and purpose in relationship. It's so important. And at times and seasons, I'll be honest, it requires humility. It requires forgiveness. It requires laying ourselves down so that others may be lifted up in seasons. 
But that's the heart of Christ. Amen. The beautiful, unconditional love of Jesus. And I found so many times and seasons in my life where I'm getting up on the soapbox. Like, well, if you knew God, that person, and what then? I can't believe they're living their life. And God says, but hang on. My grace was good enough for you. What about them? And I'll very quickly get off my soapbox and go, sorry, God. That's the beautiful. Why don't we stand this morning, church? There is power in connection. There is God divine purpose in connection. As we start off this month with our connect groups firing up, prayer and fasting, can I just champion you? If you're not in connection, we want you to be in connection. If you're not part of a connect group, we want you connected. As Ange said, we've got some information up the back. Put your names down. We'd love to reach out. Our connect leaders will reach out to you. But purpose is here. I'm going to do life together. I'm going to do life in connection. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and you will celebrate the wins. You'll be there to help support people in the losses, champion people when they're running hard, cry with people when they're feeling low. But that's Christ. That's Christ. Sitting with the sinners, sitting with His disciples, eating a meal, showing grace and mercy where it wasn't deserved. We can be those people to others, church. Let your life be a testimony of God's goodness. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.